Welcome or welcome back to Below the Dot Podcast, where we recap and discuss a new episode of Degrassi, The Next Generation, every Throwback Thursday from the Degrassi Black Hole. I'm one of your hosts, Terry McGregor. I'm your other host, Chris Sharp. And today we are recapping a two-part episode from season two titled Shout part one and two. But before we get into our usual segment of trivia for Terry, we want to take a moment to include a trigger warning regarding today's episode as it covers the topic of rape. Yes, as we know, Degrassi goes there, Um, which means that we will absolutely be discussing some sensitive subjects today. As Terry shared, this episode specifically covers the subject of rape. So I would like you guys to please be mindful to take care of yourselves as we move forward covering these topics in the coming episodes, just these next two. Um, In this episode, we're going to discuss the scenes which cover the rape scene and the following trauma, but we are not going to share clips from those specific moments Um, of the abuse scenes, but I recognize that still discussing sensitive subjects can serve as a trigger. So just be mindful again to take care of yourself as you listen to this podcast or simply skip over it. I will not be hurt. I will understand. All right. So I have two trivia questions as I do every week. First trivia question, what company sponsored the band competition? Oh, I have no clue at all. Pantene. Oh, is it really? I wanted to say Doritos mm-hmm. just because, but. <laughs> My next one is, how long has Hazel been taking voice lessons? Oh, my God. Did she say four weeks or three, three months? Three, three years, months? girl. Three, three years. Because, <laughs> you oh, know, no. she, was sound- she was sounding worse than General Middleton, which I just, as I watched that super long video comp you shared, I got to um, Jenna's Shine song that the fandom usually mm. talks shit about. And yeah, Hazel will sound worse than Jenna. Oh my goodness. That's literally like she's been doing it a couple weeks. Mm, three years. Three years. She <laughs> thought she could blow and she could that's, not. That's terrible. Well, I have failed this week. It's fine. There, it's better luck next week. It's okay. You know, we'll be back <laughs> next week with some more trivia. You know, there's a lot actually, to unpack. I'm actually really proud of myself because I typically don't get you. So no. <laughs> I anytime think what, I get you. What really got me is there was so much to unpack this episode already that the minor details I was totally missing. That's true. Cause you usually get all those minor details somewhere in there and I miss stuff. So <laughs> look at me. Look at you. Are we ready for some tidbits? Yeah. So a few tidbits for today. Um, I've shared this on the podcast before, but we are finally here and discussing it. This episode that we're the two episodes we're going to cover right now um, was the first Degrassi episode or Degrassi show episode. I don't I can't use my words today. This is the first episode I've ever watched, guys. This is this two part series. And another tidbit that I have is actually the fact that it aired as a three part series on the end. Um, because you know, they will alter anything on American television. So how they altered this episode was that they connected seven and eight with episode 20 from this season. And that episode is titled how soon is too soon. And that is, we'll get into it a little bit more, but it's the aftermath of what happens today. And it's Paige making a decision, um, about what happens to her. So they have the basketball game and she sees Dean for the first time post everything. 
They just did so much when originally airing this series in the United States. And it's always so frustrating. Yeah. Especially when you think, um, definitely going to get political, when you consider how much they shield from, I mean, youth, and then they sit and they make decisions, which are, could be consequences of shielding people from information. And then, right. like, hmm, hmm, wow. Yeah, America tries so hard, but like not hard enough. That's the thing, or not for the right reasons. So, and all the all, I mean, working hard, not smart, right? I mean, honestly, I guess theoretically, the people who are making decisions are working smart for those whatever purposes serve them, right? So not not working for purposes that serve us, everyone, just working for selfish um, motives. Um, so I guess they are working really smart, unfortunately, <laughs> right? Um. So, yeah, because we talked about before, I forgot what, oh, was it, it was Ashley uh, and Jagged Little Pill. Like, they combined a bunch of episodes because I think what the American, well, what the N was trying to do with Degrassi was they always wanted to show, like, the aftermath or, like, a problem and solution. Like, so waiting until season 20 for her to do something about it was too much for American television. They were like, we need to see the cause and effect of everything in one episode or they won't get it which isn't true because we, we would have seen it happen in real time kind of right where it's like people take time to process these things and make that decision and see one of the things that i really loved about degrassi growing up was and it's like if this had been the first episode i had seen i would have been legitimately hooked because exactly. it, it it is so like i guess frayed at the edges it's not all nice and neat and tied up and when you watch, when you think of compared to other shows that you watch, I was really into like Wizards of the Waverly Place and I was really into Hannah Montana. And those are shows where something happens and it gets resolved in the end. Something happens and it gets resolved in the end. Mm-hmm. And that gets boring. And it's like, yes, those are things that are are directly, you know, that's that's for our age group um, or targeted at our age group. But that's how I think a lot of kids will end up instead of watching Hannah Montana and Wizards of Waverly Place. Like I was super into that's how you get kids who are watching real world when they're like eight. <laughs> right. <laughs> because that stuff is messy and you're tired of things getting tied up at the end. So I think Degrassi was a kind of a nice little link in between those two where it's people who are look like me and are my age and are having the similar problems as me. And it's kind of like a safe way to explore complex topics, but it doesn't get resolved in the end because life isn't neat and tidy like Hannah Montana right. or Wizards of Waverly Place. It is messy like Degrassi. So something's going to happen in episode seven and eight and it may not get resolved until episode 20. Now with me saying that, I am going to add that I know that Degrassi is not perfect. Um, I know there have been a lot of complaints about some storylines, specifically the storyline that takes place in episode nine, the next episode we're Mm -hmm. going to discuss. I mean, that's a very, I mean, I don't know, maybe, well, no, because the way I watched it was not the uh, the way it was aired in the United States. So um, it was how it was presumably intended to be aired and that was a topic that was resolved within 24 minutes and it should not have been right but yeah either way it's like they they tie things up or they don't tie things up in different ways and it's just a little bit messier which is a bit more realistic and easier to relate to and if you can relate to something more then you can learn from it versus the way that they want it to have it be aired in the united states which is probably more harmful than helpful here we Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Yeah. Because they definitely try to simplify it and it's not simple. Like you pretty much just said, life isn't simple. So she wasn't going to realistically have those thoughts and feelings and go through the motions and make that decision immediately after. But, you know, they love to shield us from, again, the most random things that could really and help us in the long run. Absolutely. The things that we could have avoided if you would just teach the information that you need. 
Absolutely. But here we are. Yes. Yeah. And then my last tidbit is that I didn't realize this. I got this from the Degrassi fandom wiki. This is the first episode Emma's not in. So that's including oh. all of season one that we just got through. And now we're on seven and eight. And it's the first time we don't see Emma. And as y'all know, Emma is our connection to Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High. But they didn't throw her in this episode. And apparently it was the first. Yeah, obviously the first episode that Manny is seen solo. Interesting. So just a little uh, lighthearted uh, tidbit before we get into the heavy stuff. So there we go. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and get started with our recap. Remember that our trigger warning is in, is in effect this week. So as I start we with our opening scene in plot A, Paige is on Spirit Squad, all, and all of a sudden, Degrassi has a soccer team. One of the things right. that just never gets tied up in this series is that they'll pull out a, a, a floor hockey team, a soccer team, a football team, a basketball team, Whenever it's convenient. I will say that basketball came back a few times, but otherwise we're just seeing a bunch of random sports. I even think we may have seen like lacrosse once or once or twice. That's funny because there's always a spirit squad too. Now that I think about it, like they just cheer for every single sport that they find. (laughs) Right. So spirit squad is consistently in existence, but everything else, like, I don't know. I don't know if we ever see soccer again, but anyway, (laughs) Uh, Degrassi wins the game, and Paige has her sights set on their player from the other team, Bardell. His name is Dean. Manny does a flip, and while this is really irrelevant, um, I don't know why I included that part. (laughs) It really just says Manny does a flip. Maybe because she got better at her her flips from that uh, first time where she was showing off her cartwheels. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I guess I was probably just trying to include all the information, and so now you all know that Manny did a flip. Spinner also shot the winning goal from this game. And this is someone who Paige was very into during season one when Terry wanted him. But all of a sudden, now that Terry is, I guess, out of the picture, Paige no longer has any interest in in Spinner. And you see, this is why I was so damn pissed that Mm -hmm. she stole Spinner from Terry last season. Because for what? For what, girl? Literally, this is coming after a whole season and several episodes we're finally getting like it's not even tying up the storyline because again Paige doesn't care but we're finally seeing spinner and Paige be romantically quote-unquote interested in each other do they ever (laughs) address the fact that she stole him from terry like we that is the storyline that is completely frayed unhinged what happened for no reason Um, but anyway Hazel sees Paige eyeing Dean and tells her to basically dream on. Spinner invites Paige to hang out on Saturday and Paige reluctantly agreed. And um, I'm just sitting here like, honestly, all I was thinking in my notes is this, does soccer come back? Does soccer come back? And that is just not the key takeaway message that I wanted us, that I know they wanted us to have. But that's all I can think about as I'm reading this or as I'm, as I'm watching the show. <laughs> Valid question. Um. Other things, notes that I have in here is my complaints about do they or don't they what's going on with Paige and Spinner? I just Mm -hmm. I don't understand why you did it if you weren't going to keep it going. Why? And you know what? Because later in a couple episodes, um, Spinner tells Paige or Spinner tells Terry how pretty she is. And it's just like, why? Why are we just ignoring that that episode never happened? Anyway, sorry, not the point. So Spinner feels like he's winning at life right now. He scored the winning goal and a date with Paige, the coolest girl in grade nine. Jimmy then gasses him up. You can't make her drink, but you can make her thirsty. 
Okay. Meanwhile, Paige insists to Hazel that she and Spinner are just friends. I guess she doesn't realize that this is a date, but Hazel's like, girl, it's a date. It's a date. And she's over here to speak in truth. This here we stop go. <laughs> go on. It's just like, a, here we go with, it always happens like this, right? Like all the storylines for dates, it's like one person knows it's a date, the other five don't. Or like vice versa. Right. Like they never, no one's ever on the same page here for when they're going out and doing stuff. And I wish they would because it would, in this episode specifically, it would have avoided a lot if it was clear from the jump. But. I agree. Um, so Paige, even though Hazel's like, girl, it's, it ain't never gonna happen, which I think is a direct quote, because Paige is all, that's a double negative, which means it's <laughs> going to happen. Anyway, Paige goes to introduce, excuse me, introduce herself to Dean, who is riding away on his school's bus, and he invites him to a party that same, the same night that Paige has a date, not date, date, whatever it is. Anyway, so we're now on to plot B, and as pretty consistent with i want to say heavy topics through the series we get a heavy plot and we get a really light buttery i don't know if buttery makes sense whatever (laughs) a light topic so our palate cleansing plot this week is a combustion of jt and toby sharing a locker together just want to remind you guys that earlier in the season manny and emma predicted their downfall on the first day of the school year anyway jt is messy and toby finds it disgusting and Toby's not wrong. JT is fucking disgusting. Um, it's just gross. I think, and he pulled like out an old sandwich or something. Right. He's nasty. And I wrote that in my note. It's just like he, his character has always grossed me out because he seems like the typical brother from like Disney television shows. I used to just do weird science experiments mm. in their room and like eat nasty shit. <laughs> like, like I get like an even Stevens vibe. Oh or... my, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, and even Stevens or like, vibe. Um, the yeah, other definitely. As well, he was doing experiments in his room as well. Although I don't think he was gross, he was just cloning himself. To know me, like, to um, know that I've seen every decom ever. Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> she is just a pro at this. Yeah, it's literally like even Stevens and Liz McGuire's brother. Like that's what mm, JT has absolutely. always reminded me of. Down to like the shirts. Uh, what is his it? friend was no. Lenny, and is it Matt? I mm, definitely was Matt. Yeah. My, yeah. My mama told me back in the day that it was racist that Lenny didn't have any lines. She said if you yeah. don't have any lines, you don't get paid and that he didn't have no lines. Oh my god. No. The, okay, this is a very random tangent, but it takes me back to an episode that me and my partner watched recently and they have him drinking Kool-Aid and then you see? You he doesn't see? speak. Literally he doesn't speak, but then Matt's like, "Oh yeah, you need more sugar." And like adds yes, more Yes, I remember drink. that one. See? racist your mom racist. Right. <laughs> my mama was right that was probably the episode she saw <laughs> which also can we talk about how my mom is watching degrassi for the first time ever and i think she's in like season eight right now somehow she oh, passed me up she's funny does she did she question like what age you started watching this at i don't know if she did <laughs> um but if she did i'm pretty sure she's like a, a very good supporter of my podcast or she just listens to it on mute so in case she was wondering i think i started in eighth grade when i was babysitting her neighbor's kid I was 13. So I think it's pretty age appropriate as for like the no, season they started. Absolutely. They were 13. I, I was 13. You, on the other yeah. hand, I'm going to tell your mama. No, girl, because this episode aired in 2002, and I think I was nine or eight. And I remember watching it as a three part series. So that's a little but, problematic. But to be honest, 
as far as for your mama's daughters, I'm pretty sure you were there was someone at home was doing worse than you were. So that's the thing. I was at home watching Degrassi, learning of what not to do, and, my and somebody was else was sneaking out through the window. <laughs> was experimenting with what I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> Ooh, one day she's gonna listen to this podcast and hear us talking all this shit. Until she does, I'm gonna keep talking because she's you right. Because you know what, if she was supporting, she would know. <laughs> Love you, girl. All right, um, back to plot A. So Paige is out shopping with Hazel and Spinner sends a text. Paige bails on the date at the last minute, claiming that her grandma's in the hospital. That was just a stupid lie, but whatever. Spinner <laughs> believed it. That's his problem. And I said she literally used the oldest trick in the oh, book, no God. pun intended, to like get out of it. Like at that point, girl, if you don't think it's a date, she really could have just been like, actually, I am going to work on that project today or X, Y, and Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see some guy who I like. Like, get over it. That's like, the thing, too. If you think yeah. y'all are just friends, but um, we see Spinner at the Rest in Peace movie rental store. <laughs> just watching this scene was like, oh my God. I also saw, I think, maybe it was a meme or something where someone was wearing a family video shirt and they were somebody, another person asked them, um, Oh, where'd you get that? Um, stranger things shirt because there's a family video in stranger things. And they thought that it was from the show, but it was, Oh my God. It was real. (laughs) RIP. Anyway, uh, Spinner buys this, the lie, and Jimmy has an alternative t- to boost Spinner's spirits. So we know this about to get messy, but we don't know why yet. Paige mm-hmm. and Hazel get to the party, and Dean doesn't even know Paige's name and keeps calling her spirit. Paige does a lot to try to impress Dean, and it's really obvious and it's sad, but it's also very relatable trying to, you know, get someone who you're into's attention. So I get it. R.I.P. It was just like, not not R.I.P., but like secondhand <laughs> embarrassment. That's what yeah, it was. Absolutely secondhand embarrassment. They also, well, she said too in this episode right, that she's only dating up. So we know that Dean is older than her. Mm-hmm. But also we should have like been privy to the fact that she was going to stand out at this party because she wanted kitten heels for a house party. <laughs> like no one was wearing kitten heels at that party, girl. I feel like they always talk about Hillary Clinton for wearing kitten heels. <laughs> Absolutely, pantsuits and kitten hats. Politics aside, because you know you, we always go in on women for what they're wearing, and they went in on her for them kitten heels. <laughs> so yes, Paige decided to wear kitten heels to the party, and that should have been her, her like reminder to maybe not go if she was going to wear that outfit, not for anything <laughs> else, just because she was going to stand out. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so hey, you might just want to chill. Excuse me, just. He's a little old for you, and you're a little jealous. Dean brings Paige back some alcohol, and she kind of, like, chokes on it briefly, which to me tells me that either the drink was super strong or Paige is just not accustomed to drinking. Right. Because that's absolutely how I feel like I would have would have reacted my first time consuming alcohol if I ever drank before I was 21. But I didn't. <laughs> just throwing that in there but also if they're they're supposed to be in high school right they're all not supposed to be drinking so i can imagine they snuck all this alcohol here and it's probably like really bad like ever clear yeah exactly it's that that jungle juice oh my god i'll never forget i had a friend 
who went to some college party or something, or maybe she was, I don't know. All I know is my friend got super drunk drinking some Everclear. And if there's one thing I knew, it was that Everclear was the devil, devil to never touch that shit because that shit was super strong. It was going to get you fucked up. So I was like, <laughs> I'm never touching that shit because that was y'all mistake. So I don't have to. And <laughs> you one day have I went to learn. Well, then one day I went to a college party and they had jungle juice there. And I was like, yeah, oh, I'm going to have this. And I was just like, and again, you got to learn because I drank first and I asked later, oh, what's in this? And it was oh, like Everclear, no. boo. And it was like, oh, the realization that this is what kind of night that's going to be, isn't it? Oh. And it's too late because you already started. Honestly, I don't remember anything that happened after that stark oh realization. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I remember being like, oh, fuck. And probably, p- maybe, I don't remember if I t- even pulled up my phone and texted my friend. I think I was probably, we were probably texting then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how that went. But anyway, back to our palate cleanse. <laughs> Meanwhile, JT is making an incredibly disgusting concoction while he hangs out with Toby. And I don't understand what is going on or why this is happening. Why? Right. Why are they having this conversation over him doing this? It makes no sense to me. But JT does say that he plans to be cleaner. So I guess that's good news. Back to plot A. Dean is laying it on thick with Paige and she is eating it all up. Hazel, the good friend that she is, as always, alerts Paige to the fact that Jimmy and Spinner are also at the party. This mm-hmm. leads Paige to invite Dean to talk to talk somewhere more quiet and private. As we all know, Paige and Dean end up upstairs in a secluded room where the rape takes place. Or as we may not know if you haven't seen the episode, but that is what happened. So I just want to add a disclaimer that Paige said no, and that is all that matters. We do hear this mm-hmm. later in the episode, but I want to say it myself so that we make sure that, you know, we... you. Listeners are aware of what size that we fall on. And if you disagree, then stop listening and fuck you. But anyway, <laughs> it doesn't matter that she wore her little one inch heels. It does no. not matter that Paige was warned about him being a little too old for her. It does not matter that Paige had been drinking. It doesn't matter that Paige invited him upstairs. Mind you, mm-hmm. she invited him upstairs to talk privately, but really to hide from Spinner and Jimmy. That was right. her main intention. It does not matter that Paige had been thirsting after him and all of those factors do not entitle another person to your space or any of your energy. Um, She said no. So there it is. Um, Anyway, the next morning, Paige is distraught and she is very upset about the incident. She is on edge and she kind of jumps when Hazel sneaks up on her. She's trying to put on a front with her friends, which Jimmy unfortunately overhears. So she's um trying to like kind of talk it up and act cool about it but Mm -hmm. in the inside when we see her jumping we can tell that she's anxious and she's upset Paige, yes sorry (laughs) this um the only thing that i noted from this is just like i'm surprised that no one at degrassi at this point has learned not to have how not to have private conversations right because we're always (laughs) we're always overhearing something like it's always coming out of hazel's mouth when someone hears it and i know she's being a good friend and she ends up being a good friend at the end of this episode so i won't like be mean towards her but like we already know that sean knew about liberty and mr armstrong because of you talking on the phone to somebody Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now jimmy is overhearing whatever happened i don't remember exactly what they discussed at this point because y'all are like yelling it in the hallway instead of just sitting down somewhere and having this conversation in private yeah there we go so Paige wasn't able to do her written assignment over the weekend for which hazel misinterprets as this as her being in love she's like oh my god you're so in love. And Paige explains that she hasn't heard from Dean, even though. Paige, you did it. You did. You did it with Dean. 
So now we're going to palate cleanse ourselves right now. Toby is splitting his locker with JT. He's cutting it in half. He, I think he put like a piece of tape in between. And JT comes up and he's like, what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> um, I think he probably actually, I would say, probably uses a couple of problematic language as we know now towards mental illness. But mm. in the light of this is not a think piece, I pointed it out. I don't remember exactly what he says. But anyway, JT ends up cutting Toby's sweater once Toby leaves because Toby's sweater um, falls over onto JT's side of the locker. And he's like, well, shit, yo, your sweater's on my side of the locker. So he cuts it, which is very childish, but, you know, light and airy. I hate this, but I also it's relatable because I'm that petty. So, like, marking things off that are mine or, like, there's a, a point in time when I had first moved in with my partner where I taped the toilet seat down because he wouldn't put it down. So oh. I- <laughs> Like I'm living for the petty side of Toby, but then I'm also okay. living for. But your for partner JT. has sisters. That's the thing. That is the thing. A sister and a mama that he done lived with, but you know. So that's that's always crazy to me because there are so many people who stand up to pee who just do not put that toilet seat down. And one thing that's fascinating is that I don't think I've ever had to deal with that with either my brothers or my current husband. He puts the toilet seat down. And let me just tell you something right now. <laughs> do I love my husband? Yes. My husband was raised as an only child. And mm. this is absolutely slander to people who were raised as the only <laughs> child in their home. Because, yeah, he doesn't always consider that there are other people around. So mm. it's always crazy to me that this man actually puts down the toilet seat. But I just don't understand. Yeah, There are so actually, many men who do not. That's so surprising. Yeah, girl. I taped the toilet seat down once. I'm not above it. So yeah. I'm looking for it. I'm both JT and Toby in this situation, though, because I'm very petty. <laughs> and then even more petty to people who are petty. So <laughs> I feel it. I think you and I are both petty sisters. So it makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. <laughs> the only way to be. All right. So back to our plot A. Jimmy tells Spinner to chill because he knows that Paige hooked up with Dean. This is irrelevant to the episode plot, but you can really tell that... And I don't know if I said this. I think I said this. I did touch on this because my coworker kept complaining about uh, Jimmy's hairline. <laughs> and so I actually probably had watched this episode ahead. So I had already put this note here, but I'm going to go ahead and share. You can tell that Aubrey had a white mother by looking at his non-existent ass hairline in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like it's atrocious. It's written all over his hairline. But anyway. Um, (laughs) just in case y'all forgot it's very true and i i forgot to point this out last episode but i think he had like sunglasses like sitting on top of his head at one point and it was so bad just like it was so bad why did they let him on television like that Uh, because you know they didn't have anyone who knew how to do black hair because if they did they would have had someone to be like hey jimmy i know your mama's white but let me help you with this haircut but no let me help you let me give you an edge up right quick (laughs) (laughs) anyway Hazel is pressing Paige for more information while Spinner angrily watches from the background. Smage, Smage, Paige gets really <laughs> snippy with Hazel. Spinner approaches Paige in the hallway to call her out for ditching him and lying. As Paige moves to walk away, Spinner grabs her arm. This is why, as a standard, I try to ask everyone before I put hands on them, but obviously Spinner does not hang out around me or else he would have known that. But anyway, but like you just, you never know. You right. never know when you touch another person. And anyway, Paige kind of snaps at Spinner. Don't touch me. Don't ever touch me. Why not? Everybody else does. <laughs> Spinner absolutely had that slap coming to himself. Absolutely. Like, no. like uh, man, like I'd slap his ass too. I know, I get why Spinner's upset. 
hands down, you feel like you were ditched by this girl. She mm-hmm. lied to you. She did. I understand why he's upset. It was not appropriate to touch her. Um, but I also understand that a lot of people are not provided the amount of sensitivity training. So, all right, you made that mistake. But right. just because she may have done or not done something with Dean, that is not, as I said earlier, that is not entitled you to another person's space. Like No. At all. Her and saying yes to Dean is not a yes to you. So fuck right. you, Spinner. And it's at this point, too, it's hearsay, which is frustrating. Because, again, yes, she lied. But it's also like you don't know what happened. So making that assumption and also approaching her like that is wild without even asking her questions, right? Like ask, asking her the questions you care about. You don't care about the fact that her grandma wasn't sick. You want to ask her about Dean. So at that point, you could have just said something about that versus like trying to call her out on it. And then... Also, she necessarily didn't really owe him anything. She owed him the truth when she lied to him, maybe. But again, she didn't think this was a date. So she didn't owe him the, like... She didn't even owe him a date. No, she didn't. She didn't owe him a date. She owed you nothing, Spinner. No, there were no boundaries set. Except the truth and honesty. Right. And that the reason I say that I wish she was a little bit more honest for him isn't really for Spinner's sake. It's just because if you really thought that that was only your friend, you should be truthful to him. And if you really didn't want to go on a date with him, you should have just been truthful. But she didn't owe him shit. Like y'all weren't mutually exclusive. There was no boundary set for your friendship or relationship. So he absolutely deserved to get slapped. Mm -hmm. And I'd do it again. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, Back to plot B, Toby found his sweatshirt, which led to him and JT having a fight that is broken up by Mr. Radich. He has given them a lecture. So I want you to remember what the three C's are. What are they again? Cohabitation requires coordinated cooperation. JT um, ends up cutting his shirt and mentions that his elusive ass parents, you know, somewhere in there he just says something about them. Does so he or many doesn't times. he have parents? Because he absolutely doesn't in like season five. Just saying. Anyway, he and Toby end up making up. Great. Woo. <laughs> now we're back to plot A. Because Hazel finds Paige crying in the bathroom and tells her that Spinner was completely out of line. When Paige starts to say more details about the night, Hazel tells Paige that what she experienced was rape. This moment is critical because I think a lot of people experience rape and, and so- variations of sexual assault. But due to how we've kind of been convi- conditioned, especially how girls, teenage girls and women have been conditioned, we don't recognize it for what it is. Um, there's a lot of self-blame as we recognize that um, Paige goes through, like, what did I do wrong? Um, yeah, and what about what I did? You didn't do anything. So I didn't dress like a slut? I didn't drink? I didn't come on to him in front of the whole party? Paige, I guess I didn't ask him to go upstairs. I- so, like, what we hear from Paige in this in that previous clip is very relatable because this is kind of what we are told um, over and over again, which is really shitty, but really important to see just visually and act it out on TV for people who might not be as familiar with recognizing things for what they are. So, right. pa- yeah, I would say the only note that I made, too, because that's a good point, is that I think Degrassi did a really good job of showing all the angles of the situation. Right. Because Paige wouldn't necessarily have identified it like that. But Hazel knew to how knew how to identify it. And in the next episode that we're about to cover, we're going to see like how Ashley identifies it. So I feel like they showed every angle of the situation and that was important. But also, I think watching it this time, I realized the emphasis that they put on the fact that this was her first time. 
like mm-hmm. having sex in general. So that was even more of a big deal because why would she necessarily know that if she's never had sex with anybody? So she might not right. even have the sexual health like information she needs. Like Dr. Sally came to look school one time, you know what I mean? But she probably didn't talk about rape maybe. So she had no clue how to identify it. So I think it was important that they showed how people at that age knew. So like Hazel knew, but Paige might have not known if she didn't talk to Hazel about it. And Hazel might have not found out about it if she didn't dig a little deeper and find out more information about it because it was Mm -hmm. Paige's first time. So I think they did a good job of showing that. Yeah. And I just want to say that um, I think what I was thinking is you brought up the sexual health education because I am trained in teaching sexual health education. And one of the biggest barriers that I have to teaching the sexual health education is that people hear sexual health education and they think that we are teaching a five-year-old how to have sex. And that Mm -hmm. is not what the curriculum covers. It is age-appropriate, developmentally appropriate, scientifically or medically accurate language and discussions. So for a five-year-old, it looks like here are the parts of your body and here are people in your, you know, relationships that you have and people in your neighborhood and necessarily maybe here are healthy relationships and healthy boundaries. And here's when you need to tell someone. So it gives people the language to identify somebody violated my boundaries and it made me feel uncomfortable, which as we see with Paige, but it, honestly, it's this is not just a Paige exclusive to a Paige um, situation. This is this is a real thing that happens. People don't know what they're experiencing and know how to express it. So they feel really uncomfortable about it. And they show it on, on a lot of different shows. I feel like there was an episode of Broad City where they covered this. Was it Broad City? Something... Oh gosh, no, it wasn't. It was another show. Anyway, but now it's going to really bother me trying to figure out the show, but I'm going to try to keep going on. <laughs> but the point is that the people don't have the language to understand what happens right. to them and then articulate it to get the treatment and special help that they need. So this is why sexual health education is so important. It's not just teaching people how to have safe sex, which is also important when the time mm-hmm. comes, but it's also teaching people the names of their body parts. So that they're not coming to you and saying, man, that man took a touch of my pocketbook. And you like, oh, well, did he take any money? And what that little child was telling you was someone touched their vagina. And that's not right. acceptable. But that's anyway, um, just my shameless plug for sexual health education being for all. Paige tells Hazel that it is her business and therefore it is her problem. And she's right. But for the sake of children who watch the show, everything that I think felt like Hazel was saying was necessary. So I think mm-hmm. it was um, just really trying to educate people what they should do. Right. And then this this episode ends with Paige walking away distressed. And I added a little note in here because um, I think these things, these subjects come up a lot of times in the media in regard to celebrities. And the previous discourse between Paige and Hazel is, in my opinion, exactly why everyone needs to be more considerate about how they speak about celebrity scandals and social media mm. because the celebrities do not need your advocation and they won't see you cap- capping for them. But your friends who have experienced rape and sexual assault mm. or abuse will. So Paige blaming herself for what happened to herself, as I said earlier, is a genuine expression of how people feel. And what Spinner said earlier was super foul. But like he was really Spinner was a representation of other people like i i know that spinner i mean they con- continually give spinner like the shitty outlook and the this terrible lines mm-hmm. and and he plays it so well so you almost don't like spinner but spinner is a representation of people who actually genuinely say these things 
And so it's easy to say, see Spinner and identify his words and actions as foul and separate yourself from them and see Paige and be like, how could she believe that? But like these actions and sentiments are born from the things that people say and share by way of social media when speaking on and about celebrities. And so like, I just like, when I just watching it, it was just really frustrating because I think at the time when I watched the show, it was around the time of a very popular celebrity trial that I'm not going to name their names Mm -hmm. and everyone's dissecting the trial and whether or not someone's lying on uh, on TikTok, there was like a super big trend about it and everyone's talking about it and everyone's obsessed with it. And it's everyone terrible. was like super into like the outcome and celebrating because you guys are fucking <laughs> sick. And like when y'all act like this on your social medias, regardless of how you believe, again, that celebrity is not going to see how you feel. But everyone who has experienced something similar is. So if anyone's listening to this and is an asshole like that on social media, Perhaps use this as a note to be a little bit more mindful about what you share. Yeah. And I've said mindful like 800 times in this episode. <laughs> so just know that I am mindful of my use of the term mindful. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just um, I no, just wanted to point. throw that note in there. Yeah, for sure. That's a really good point because people take stuff and run with it and just have zero regard for the people around them. But like treat these celebrities and things as if it's really just like they're not real people too. And they are. So absolutely and you know what honestly there is nothing to stop you from copying and pasting something to a close friend now also right. note that you copy and paste the link to a close friend and you talk shit privately you don't know what your friend has experienced privately so just mm-hmm. consider the fact that a lot of people experience variations of trauma and they don't necessarily share it or sometimes they don't necessarily even know that it was trauma as we saw with Paige. so just thinking things to think about good point all right so we are now in part two of this two-part episode we're on episode eight and this episode opens with a nightmare sequence Paige is stressed about the incident terry Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i don't this is a terrible segue in my notes but anyway so Paige was stressed and then i go to straight to like the beginning of school Paige then woke up, realized it was a nightmare, and she gets to school. But which Terry, who has is wearing cornrows. I want to say it was fuzzy <laughs> cornrows. It was awful. And yes, I want no, it was because I posted it was. I posted a, a screen like grab on our Instagram that should be in our highlights section, which I think you added to our Instagram account. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so um Terry and her or her fuzzy cornrows into a ponytail tells Paige that there's a Pantene band competition. <laughs> she enters PMS and Terry advocates for Ashley to join the group for which Paige suggests Hazel because they need a real singer. <laughs> which is laughable because Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Okay, Hazel, can we please keep it to a dull roar? Terry is excited because we're going to use, or they're going to use the lyrics to her poem. I, I pray at night, you'll see the light, you'll come and hold me till everything's all right. <clears throat> I wish I knew just what to do to make this secret wish come true. Because my poem smells like poo. Anyway, then Ashley reads her poem for the class, including, and everyone is moved by it, including Paige. So in this moment, Paige realizes that Terry was right. 
they need Ashley in the group. First of all, Ashley's lyrics are better. And second mm-hmm. of all, <laughs> I know y'all heard Paige or Hazel singing. Right. One thing about Ashley, she gonna write a poem. <laughs> she gonna write a song. I texted you today saying that it was one of her only redeeming qualities for this Man. show. And it was. Yeah. She gonna write a good song. She will write a good poem. Look, that's one she thing did. she will do. Except for the one poem that she wrote, oh God, I forget when it was. She was like, it's about a, a girl during the Spanish plague or something like that. And and um, Hazel, no, it was during their Hell Hath No Fury series or sequence episode. And then what's her face? Ellie looks at her and is like, you're supposed to write about your own experiences. Girl, <laughs> spoiler alert, your boyfriend literally cheated on you and got another girl pregnant. And you're writing about a girl during like the French Revolution or something random, ma'am. What a anyway. missed opportunity! A missed opportunity for a creative to not put her pain into the music, <laughs> man. But that was the one time when her poem was kind of like, "Girl, what?" And everyone looked at her like, "The fuck?" And I think even Jimmy, I was that. No, there was another time when Jimmy was like, "Girl, you trying too hard." But no, so he didn't say it in this episode. However, everyone looked at her like she was just doing a lot. But anyway, disappointment. For the palate cleanser in this episode, we get um, Liberty's continued crush on JT. The grade eights did a project on their idol and Liberty did JT. And this is something that I would absolutely have done for my crush. And this plot was very (laughs) relatable to a little stalker who could not let crushes go like myself. Like I truly had a crush on the same boy from I want to say like sixth grade until maybe sophomore year of high school. I was (laughs) consistent. If there was anything that I was, unlike Liberty, I never did end up with any of my long-term crushes. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> I could relate, even though it was really cringy to watch. And but I could I could understand also why JT was not impressed. So it makes sense why none of my crushes ever liked me back. Anyway, <laughs> everyone's laughing after crash class, which embarrassed JT. And then JT tries to defend himself, and he takes it too far and kills the mood because you want tribute. <clears throat> You take that back. I do, too, have friends. Ten textbooks, a thousand stuffed animals. (laughs) Oh, and sometimes even my parents like me. I will never forget, um, kind of related, in eighth grade, there was this boy who I used to really strongly dislike because this this reminds... Actually, no, this is related because it's kind of what JT says about liberty. (laughs) And there's a boy I didn't like. His name was Jonathan. My (laughs) friends, I remember I always referred to him as Jonathan. Not even his mama likes him. (laughs) <laughs> and then his last name. And that is what I used to always call his ass. And that kind of reminded me about JT saying that about Liberty. I think it, maybe she said sometimes even my parents don't like me. or I don't know what he mm-hmm. said. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes someone can really just take you over the edge. So I related to both Liberty and JT in this entire thing. Yeah. Look, JT was always visibly like disgusted with Liberty. So it's like fascinating where they end up. Again, I think Girl. they just did it because they knew what they were going to do to him. So I the think they just tried, yeah, they just tried to give us something that we would be interested in and then take it from us. But JT was never, ever really on Liberty's side. It takes a while for him to like warm up to her. Mm-hmm. Anyway, his classmates were not impressed with his impression and they all kind of like leave like, damn, JT. La, la, la. Must you? Paige is on a rampage and she asks Hazel to stop singing. And then she snaps <laughs> to Terry to get out of the outfit because Terry walks in into her PMS outfit. And she's like, girl, that was from last year. And she's just super snippy and bossy. And the group is really not feeling her attitude, even though 
they kind of don't recognize that she's being uncharacteristically right because because she's being so snippy and bossy it is very much her character but i i mean i i understand why she's being snippy but we always say we want terry to stand up for herself and i like that terry stuck up like stood up for herself even like it was hard anyway they start rehearsing and it is undeniably horrible um page ends up storming off which might make you believe that it is due to Paige's attitude, but like they were also terrible. <laughs> Paige is now at Ashley's house and Ashley is dramatically singing on a piano. I think she was surrounded by candles. Like always Ashley. candles. Because look, okay. So much. She'd be doing the most because I, I'm going to post the compilation I found from YouTube of all the Degrassi songs because I had the question of just like, why do they never make a soundtrack with just like the songs that the characters sang? But there was a there was one scene in there where Ashley's singing to Jimmy and there's just mad yeah and they're sitting in the dark. You, the real you. <laughs> She's very dramatic. Um, and like yeah. he's looking, and I think I actually, I actually think I may have posted that or shared it somewhere because the look he gives her, I think I, I had a screen grab from like so the look funny. he just gave her was so unimpressed. And same, same Jimmy, same. Anyway, yeah. so uh, she's begging Ashley to join the group, and she admits that they were cheesy the first time, but this time they need to sing about serious things like abuse and getting over breakups. And Ashley is obviously up for the challenge because she is the queen of doom. And that's going to come up (laughs) in either season three or season four. I think season three. Anyway. Oh, I said season three. I'm amazing. (laughs) So the next day, Ashley has delivered. And now their song is about, you guessed it, rape. She is the queen of stats about rape and woo. Ashley is not reading the room because I understand why she doesn't get what's going on because Paige is typically snarky and bossy, but she is just not reading it at all. No. So this is a thing too, is just kind of like homegirl went on the net and did some research and that's fine. But like, I'm surprised she didn't stop herself or hear herself because this is just statistic she says right is like what every one in four girls Mm -hmm. she's in a room full of three other girls so she's in the group so that means that more than likely even if you don't know it like we said you don't know what everyone is going through even if you don't know it someone in this room could have been affected so you sitting here and doing all this and reading these statistics and saying you understand it more than someone is very weird like don't do that don't you worry i think that clip comes up later it does yeah. <laughs> it does because you know i'm never gonna forgive little ashley Kerwin for that line but anyway crazy. uh jt and liberty are going at it which results in the liberty drawing on a locker and framing jt for it see and that's why he just should have just kept his damn mouth quiet but mm-hmm. he didn't radish approach approaches jt and he ends up getting in trouble for it they are reading Lord of the Flies with Miss Kwan when Toby tells Liberty that if JT gets in trouble with his elusive mother, again, he's going to end up going to a private school. And I was wondering, like, it didn't even seem true. Right. Like, it didn't. Like, oh, no. Like, it seemed like it was a lie, but I don't know if that was just, like, bad acting or what. Here's my thing, because I was literally like, if I was Liberty, I wouldn't have cared. I would have wrote on that uh, locker and been like, see you later. <laughs> She hasn't been talking all that shit, but you know she cared because she liked him. So I know that's why I, I kind of felt like Toby was taking advantage of the fact that he knows that she mm-hmm. likes him. But I don't know. They never really 
answered that question. So was he or wasn't he? I don't know. Yeah. JT doesn't have any parents, so... Right, and that's what I was going to say, too, is this is one of the episodes where they talk about his parents a lot. Like, this, I think this is a second or third mention of his parents in this two-part episode, and it's just That we never see. That we right, never like, see. His parents have all these opinions and feel all these ways, and it's just funny because we never see them, so we never know who they are. But I just made the note that it was funny that he must get on their nerves as much as he gets on everybody else's nerves mm-hmm. if they try and ship his ass off to private school, so. Right, but don't ever show up to a damn parent's day. No. Anyway, so where are we? So Ashley and Paige are going at each other over the song lyrics. And this is the storyline that I myself and much of the fandom will not let go of for Ashley because she's arguing about how she's allowed to imagine while talking to someone who has actually experienced rape. And it is very just like you can see that it's very toned up for her, which you just need to be more cautious. Like this mm-hmm. is Ashley is uh, a perfect representation of exactly what I'm saying. Watch what you say and who you say it to and how you say it. Um, the group is practicing with the approved lyrics, but Hazel can't sing because she has polyps, which I really liked it because Hazel puts up the sign and she's like, I can't sing. And Paige says, uh, hon, you're not that bad. And it's like, no, like what? I have polyps on my vocal. What? No, I didn't say I was couldn't sing. The shade, <laughs> right? So Ashley's like, well, since I'm singing, I'm singing it the way I want to, and she performs to the lyrics she wants. And Paige storms off. Ashley follows after Paige, and this is a scene that, that I will never let go of. I researched it. I know a lot more about it than you do. And you see, so I tell y'all to tread lightly and read the room. Anyway. Finally, Ashley realizes that she is stepping on a sensitive nerve here and she gathers herself to provide comfort to Paige instead. So I really like how that kind of spun around finally, but you should not have to know that someone has experienced trauma to tread lightly. Again, they're all teenagers. So I am holding them to adult standards right now. I get it. But for the adults that are listening and not the teens that are listening, that is your notice yeah because again to say that you know something more than someone else of a topic of that is just really nuts like you really have to be sensitive with those types of things but i think the outcome of this like you were saying is probably my like one of my favorite parts because again this moment between ashley and Paige, where they're like finally connecting and like she breaks down in front of her is the most vulnerable that we've seen the two friends be since we've met them even after learning that they were friends for years they've never had any moment like this like they'll argue and then they'll kind of resolve it but it'll never be a vulnerable moment like this and again remember ashley's just coming back into Paige's life because they had that little hiccup over the summer and stuff like that so just to right. see this moment between them is really nice because again i'm sure it hurt Paige to have to go and beg Ashley to come back to the group but I think that can also be interpreted as her really just needing to be around people that she knew during this time because she was so confused and didn't necessarily know what her next move was going to be and she really couldn't process what just happened to her so I agree I also kind of want to say that with you saying that they haven't really been vulnerable vulnerable with each other I can understand how Ashley would view Paige to not understand because Paige is typically snarky, snippy, bossy, and kind of mean and maybe doesn't necessarily understand other things. So I I interpret her saying, I know a lot about it. I researched it and being like, you don't have the emotional or the, Mm. the, the, the emotional capacity or the empathetic range to know what I'm talking about because you don't care about other people. But in saying that, you don't realize... I mean, first of all, she can still care about other people, first of all. And second of all, again, you don't know what she's been through. But anyway, 
Uh, back to plot B. Liberty lets Radich know that it was her, which gets JT off the hook. And now Liberty has to collect trash around the school. <laughs> I really wish Liberty didn't like JT this much because here we, but here we are. I'm like, whatever. Anyway, we're at the performance, the Pantene performance, and they see Dean in the audience. Unfortunately, this means that Paige takes over the singing portion and sings the revised lyrics, not the OG lyrics, the lyrics that Asha came up with. While the group PMS felt good and they see Dean in the audience, unfortunately, that's um, they did not win. So Paige is seen going into the guidance counselor's office to talk about her experience at the end of the episode. And the episode comes to a close. And there you have it, folks. I'm over here trying to fold my laundry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was not about the episode. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like we... There was a lot to kind of discuss in this episode and I had a lot of moments where I just gave my notes. So I'm kind of out of notes. Did you have anything that you did not cover? Um, Let's see. I think I know there was just so much, but I, I struggled to like find not necessarily struggled to find a moral, but I think there were just so many things to say about this episode or things that you could get from this episode. So yeah, I, I think that the intended purpose of the episode was to demonstrate that no means no, no questions asked, mm-hmm. no follow-up, like no is a complete sentence, and also how to kind of identify when things do happen and what you do. Because I think earlier, Hazel actually goes to the list. She's like, did you go to the doctor? Did you right. get any kits done? Um, Have you talked to this person? And, you know, Paige rightfully, you know, does her body, whatever, her choice she ends up saying, she's like, well, no, it's my business, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to handle this my way. Um, but it offered the opportunity to kind of say what you should do in the event that it does happen so that you mm-hmm. know what you should and can do so that if you are ever in Paige's situation, you can, you have the option of taking the next steps versus not, if you don't know, you can't do what you don't know. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For so sure. it wasn't really preachy, but it was kind of giving that, providing that information that so that people can have it and know what to do if they need to. Yeah, that's true. Because they're also an, another thing that Ashley says when they talk is kind of the same thing, right? She was like, well, did you go to the doctor? Did you take a pregnancy test? Like all that stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that were, again, it, someone who says that they researched it. So someone that honestly might know a little bit more than Paige in this situation, because again, Paige was just able to identify it through like talking to hazel so i think yeah it wasn't as preachy as much as it was like they were giving you information in dialogue versus it just being like a huge psa 
and then right. trying to get to the point. So I can appreciate that. I think for it to be a very heavy episode, it was, again, done well. And they touched on everything. Like, I, again, wouldn't have needed to see episode 20 right after this. Like, I, I know why they, in Canada, they aired it and they weighed, waited a little bit. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you know, they did a good job of that. Yeah, they did a good job of really getting to the point. Um, and then, we again, we end up seeing something come from it. So you'll just have to wait and listen till we cover that episode because we are not doing the American way that it aired. We are true. We're doing it the right way. Right, exactly. But yeah, I think one thing that I also took away from this episode, though, was something that you kept saying is you just never know what someone's going through. Like in so many sense, sense of the word, you just don't. So you, you just, don't. You got to be mindful. Like we said a million times on this episode too, it pays to be mindful and to really step outside of yourself for a second and, um, you know, realize that you just don't have the answers. You don't have all the answers. You don't know what everyone's going through. You should support your friends and you shouldn't be judgmental. So like had Spinner known what Paige was dealing with, then he may have not judged her the way he did. But again, it's Spinner. He doesn't know all the information. But I will say that, I mean, spoiler alert, but I mean, when Spinner does find out, mm-hmm. He, he does what he's supposed to do. But right. I, I, I mean, that's, that's such a big problem because everyone always doesn't reveal themselves and they, they shouldn't have to. No. So you don't have to know that someone is having a hard time to treat them with kindness and empathy or to just tread lightly. Yeah, for sure. Um, what was I to say? Um, do you have any predictions? Um, I feel like it's hard to do predictions and I just kind of like throw it in there for fun because it's like <laughs> I know what's going to happen. It's so hard. I again, this is my first rewatch in a while. So if I didn't know <laughs> the note about the fact that we're going to find out what Paige decides to do with the information and what happens to her, I would assume that we're going to see more people find out or have the prediction that more people are going to find out and it can either help or hurt her. I'm not sure, honestly. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I will read it for our cat for next episode. So next on Degrassi, tired of being known as a computer geek, Toby decides to join the wrestling team when he sees how popular Sean is. Determined to be accepted, Toby develops dangerous habits in order to lose weight, which concern both JT and Ashley. Meanwhile, Ashley just knows everything, huh? Meanwhile, <laughs> Terry attempts to hide her job as a plus size model. Actually, this is the episode I referenced earlier where Spinner tells Terry she's pretty. Anyway, from her friends, when a classmate's fat-shaming comments make her want to quit, Spinner, Paige, and Hazel try to encourage Terry to continue. So a lot of the things that I talked about in this episode apparently happen next week. Interesting that um, both of the... Do you ever notice that kind of sometimes like the A plot and B plot touch on similar topics from different perspectives? Yeah, for sure. I feel like I obviously didn't watch the episode as critically ever in the past. So I'm noticing that now. And then I'm just saying this now. It's like, oh, well, we see Toby's body image issues and also Terry's. Yeah, Um, right. Any other notes to touch on before I close our episode? Wow, we hit an hour. Sorry, guys. But there's two episodes. (laughs) I know. I think that's enough from us today. But again, great episode. Great discussion that wraps this week's episode of below the dot podcast if you enjoyed your listen please tell a friend to tell a friend 
To hold you over between episodes, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under some derivative of the username below the dot. Also, I'm supposed to go to Toronto this weekend, so I'm really excited to see if I can get any Degrassi content, which will be shared exclusively on our (laughs) Below the Dot podcast social media accounts. Um, Feel free to reach out with any questions, comments, or concerns on either of our social media accounts or email us at whateverittakes385 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be be back this time next week with another episode of Below the Dot podcast. 